You are Locked On Utes, your daily podcast on the Utah Utes. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. On a Monday edition of the Locked On Utes podcast, it is officially the week of early signing day. We are deep in the heart of recruiting season. We're going to break down the most recent commitment to the University of Utah, talk about what the Utes need moving forward, and try to predict what all the gifts and signs and everything else flying around on social media might mean from the recruiting team at the U. We'll also break down the basketball game as Utah's men's basketball team defeated Manhattan at home in a very dominant victory. And lastly, we'll take a look around the athletic department as several groups of athletes were in competition. All that coming up on the Locked on Utes podcast for a Monday, December 13th, 2021. friends and family thank you for making locked on Utes your first listen every single day we are free and available on all platforms that is in thanks to the locked on podcast network the ever-growing locked on podcast network and also today's show is brought to you by sonos sonos is the official sponsor of espn college football go to sonos.com to learn more first weekend without any actual utah football being played in the books i have to be honest, it was not as uh, refreshing and rewarding as I thought it was going to be. Maybe I've just addicted myself so much to college football that the anticipated rest and relaxation from not having to watch games or uh, produce content or anything like that just didn't really sink in this weekend. Also, it didn't help that snow hit and it's Christmas, and so everybody's just kind of in that mode of let's get everything taken care of at the grocery store. Uh, not that I'm complaining. Look, I... It's great to have people out and about again after what we've been through the last few years. But it definitely felt like it was a much more mellow weekend. Army-Navy game, the only one being played. Obviously, the Heisman Trophy presentation. But there was not a lot of sports going on. And that just, it hurts. Uh, this is a time of season where really, uh, you know, they talk about uh, you know seasonal depression. Uh, we should really associate it with the end of college football. And I'm not being facetious. Uh, the NFL is just not the same for me. You know, I had fun watching Tyler Huntley play uh, a little bit on Sunday, and it was great to see Jalen Johnson have a really strong game despite giving up the touchdown on Devontae Adams. I don't know very many corners in the NFL that could defend Devontae Adams on that particular route. So, uh, But, you know, Jalen did a great job, had a great game. It's just not the same to me. Uh, I love the pageantry of college football. I love the chaos of college football. I love the diversity of it. Um, there's always something fun and exciting going on and and just chaos. I think it's part of the reason why so many college football writers gravitate towards F1, uh, towards just drama series and everything like that. And I think it's one, yeah, one part about it that really makes it fun for me is recruiting. Uh, that's the one good thing, uh, that happened this weekend for the university of Utah is recruiting is moving forward in a very good manner. The biggest news over the weekend in my book, without a doubt, was Logan Kendall, the rhinoceros himself, the juggernaut, whatever you want to call him, committing to Thick U, Thick, 
with two C's, obviously. Kendall is a transfer tight end fullback hybrid from Idaho. If you have not had a chance to watch his tape yet, I highly recommend you go back on my Twitter feed. And I know, look, I understand there's a lot of junk in there. I don't have a wife and kids, so a lot of my stuff that gets spewed has to go on Twitter. Uh, Otherwise, I'd probably just go insane. Um, So I appreciate everybody bearing through the bad stuff to get to the good. But Kendall is an incredible prospect to me. Uh, Part of it is the fact that he's already played at the Division One-ish level. He's in the FCS, the football championship uh, subdivision. Is that how? um, I should probably know these things. But he is an impressive specimen, to say the least. Uh, I say that he's a tight end fullback specialist because he is kind of a rare um, a rare prospect. Uh, we don't see a lot of the fullback anymore. What, what most of uh, most teams use is, is more of an H-back hybrid. So a, a player who can move, go in motion, doesn't take a lot of hands-offs, but does a lot of the same things that a fullback would do. In fact, the H-back was really the precursor to the fullback if you go back in history. Um and if you really want to go back, the precursor to the H-back was the, was the quarterback. And they called him the quarterback because he was a quarter of the way off of the line of scrimmage or something like that. This is old, all, all old single wing history. So if you really want to get weird with it, you can go back and look at the single wing and how the quarterback was actually lined up under the guard and they would direct snap it to the uh, halfback. Uh, well, what we would consider a tailback. And the tailback was the one who would run the ball. Anyways, things were really weird in the 20s with football. Um there's a lot of weird rules out there. What's not weird is how perfectly Logan Kendall fits into the University of Utah. He is six three and a half and two hundred and seventy-five pounds. Now you might think that he probably looks like a bowling ball. He does. He has some of the thickest thighs that I've ever seen. He also has enormous arms. He looks like he could play center, but he moves like Brant Keithy. And I'm not being facetious here. I look, I can get carried away with recruiting as much as anybody. He looks like he moves like Brant Keithy, and he blocks like Sean Asiata, and that would be my uh, comparison is that he is a jumbo-sized version of Sean Asiata. He is, you can see in his tape, he does move a little bit awkwardly. His his running form is not as perfected as maybe one would normally pick up in terms of an athlete, but he still moves incredibly well. He's fluid, he's fast, he gets a ton of drive in his blocks, and he is really good at tipping the deck and pancaking Guys, I mean, it's all over the place on his tape. Committed on Sunday, shared on his Twitter account that he was coming to the University of Utah. And I think this is a great get. As uh, as things stand, it feels like Cole Fotheringham, Brent Keithy are gone for sure. I'm not entirely sure that Dalton Kincaid uh, is going. It does kind of make sense for him to stick around one more year. He's not old like Cole. He's not a senior like Brant. He can make more money while staying at the University of Utah, and I think he likes it there. He's done really well, and he can come into next year as the best tight end in the Pac-12, so it does make a lot of sense for him to stick around. That being said, he'll play in his normal role where he'll get split out outside a lot. He'll be the the second part in the one-by-one. The move tight end, meaning the tight end that sits in line and usually runs the seam routes or the curls or everything like that, will likely be Thomas Yasmin. And Dalton Kincaid will get moved around a lot in terms – and, yeah, I know it's weird that you call the move tight end the one that's up on the line of scrimmage, but the one that gets moved around a lot is, is not. 
Uh, he'll play a little bit of the H, or they call it the U back at the University of Utah. But I also think that you're going to see a lot of uh, Logan Kendall in that situation too. And the reason for it is because he's like a pulling guard that moves like a tight end. He is that big. He's that strong. And I think if you give him you know, another – he'll be a one-to-play-one, one, so he'll have one season at the University of Utah. He graduates in the spring, so he won't be able to work out under Doug Elisaya. But I think if you give him a month or two in the Utah Strength and Conditioning Program, they can probably trim him down to 270, 265, maybe even 260. And at 6'3", 260, he's an absolute weapon for the University of Utah. This was a big pickup. And this is where we have to talk a little bit about stars not mattering as much because he's not he's not even a rated prospect. I don't think he even has a 24-7 profile. He is a guy that has just basically come out and, and balled out at Idaho and made something of himself, and he will absolutely truck your face uh, like a rhinoceros. Shout out to Steve Bartle uh, for Logan Kendall calling in the rhino. And this is where we get to in terms of rankings with players like that he is a four-star prospect in utah's system especially based off of what they've done the last few years with the tight end position how the tight ends have evolved what freddie whittingham has done and you're seeing it now with the interest that multiple tight ends have in the university of utah there's another one out there on the radar if you're if you're a subscriber over at uh utezone.com You've probably seen some things about him. He's uh, uh, been all over Twitter. Uh, Landon Morris, you can go check out his bio, bio, and maybe there's an indication of what he might be leaning towards. But he's another guy that uh, I think is very intrigued by what Utah's done with the tight end position. Now, Logan Kendall's not a highly rated recruit, but he's going to make something of himself at the University of Utah in that one year. I'm almost positive, barring some sort of injury or anything like that he'll be fantastic for the Utes and it's you know it's that's where the stars don't matter where they do matter is in terms of getting the right kind of talent in there now Utah is a unique in a unique situation with this class because this is not a class where they have to build a lot of high-end talent they're recruit returning like nine starters on the defensive side of the football they'll return seven or eight on the offensive side of the ball that's an incredible amount of guys coming back from a team that just won the Pac-12 championship they're going to be the favorite uh, I don't care what anybody else tries to tell you and so really what they need to do in this class is is fill in with guys like Lander Barton four-star Nate Johnson four-star Jalen Glover who should be and I hope will be a four-star I think Carson Tabor Rachi will be a four-star. Uh, Jocelyn Malaska, probably not a four-star, uh, but a four-star caliber player in Utah's system. I know they really like him. And the rest of them are all three stars. So, uh, you know, Brandon Huffman was on with Steve Bartle, I think, when Steve filled in for the Bill Riley show, talking about Teo Johnson and how Teo Johnson's a four-star prospect in any other city other than, uh, you know, uh, Idaho Falls, and and he's not wrong. He's an incredible athlete, but he's just stuck at the quarterback position, and so there's not a solid projection to make him a four-star. Reminder, stars are based on a couple of factors, the biggest one being the projected ability of the athlete to make it to the NFL, not exactly performance or anything else. And and when you look at the track record, the number of five-stars who actually do make it to the NFL, the percentage of it is incredibly higher than than the four and the three stars now that doesn't mean that the four and the three stars don't go to the nfl and and become stars we've all heard the story about patrick mahomes blah 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 it happens there's no doubt about it part of patrick mahomes thing was that he was playing baseball at the time so nobody thought he was going to be a football player 
And so you're not going to see a four-star rating for a player like Teo Johnson, but Utah's doing a good job of filling in this class with that kind of talent, developmental talent. Tyler Knack, another guy. So we saw a decommitment from Tavo Matuapuaka. If you've got to take a tackle between the two of them, Tyler Knack is the better prospect. He's an .8477, and he's also very raw. I don't think he has the same kind of aggression that Tavo does necessarily, but Tavo has a much further way to go. So these are all developmental pieces. I think, uh, you know, Elijah Davis, the one that committed last week from Florida, Chris Reed, the wide receiver from Florida, all good athletes, good developmental p- uh, potential. Ryan Peppins, another speedster from Alabama. We've talked a lot about him. Brandon Rose, the quarterback from Murrieta Valley. Obviously, we've talked about Malaska, Tabarachi, Glover, Nick Johnson, Lander Barton. Some of these guys are, are, are going to see the field sooner than others, but it's still a developmental class. Carson Tabarachi doesn't have to step in and start right away. They can figure out what position he fits in that best. He's just a really talented athlete. I think there's going to be a battle on both sides for him. Utah is still shopping the market for other types of players. They're going to load up on good athletes and figure the rest of it out after the fact. Utah's overall average ranking for this class is 0.8715. That would be the second highest in program history. Last year's was the highest, 0.8727, and that's without the recruiting bumps that likely will be coming for players like Jalen Glover, uh, some others, and and also without knowing what Utah's still going to go after. And that's the next part of this whole phase. Utah has shown with, I think, the Elijah Davis commitment and, and Jocelyn Malaska as well that they're not afraid to be very, very quiet and deliberate in how they're going about their recruiting. And so there are likely other players out there that are going to commit to the University of Utah that we haven't heard about. And so you're just going to have to stay tuned on Wednesday for the fireworks and and grab your popcorn and everything like that. It could be a huge, huge day for early signing for Utah. That being said, it does behoove the Utes a little bit to maybe leave some room in this class as well for the second signing day period and see where everything falls, see what kids wait, see what you can pick up then as well. Uh, And they will not be done because they'll go through the transfer portal as well. There are going to be some departures. There are going to be some new arrivals. There is a lot out there for Utah. I think they need to go get a transfer portal wide receiver. I think it would behoove them to keep their ears to the ground and see what's happening with some of these other recruits at programs uh, like their commitments, I should say, at programs like Oregon, USC, other places like that 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 are just not not settled as much don't know the staff don't know anything like that and to keep an eye on the transfer portal without a doubt because it's going to be loaded this year and wouldn't it be great if you could just go through the transfer portal and pick the two to five players that you want the most add them to your team well guess what you can do that with prize picks prize picks is uh it's the best uh it's it's my favorite daily fantasy we've been talking about it for a while uh just go sign up and try it out it's really if if that's your thing prize picks is a leader in college sports daily fantasy they offer more college football and basketball props than anybody in the world yeah for all the star players of the power five plus mid majors uh they have any prop you can think of in basketball you can play points rebounds assists threes made and all sorts of other stats that might be kind of a fun one to go with booth gotch because made threes miss threes who knows what you're going to get from booth uh and the best part about it is if you deposit a hundred dollars at prize picks they will give you a 100 percent instant deposit match just use the promo code locked on 
Anything deposited up to $100 gets a 100% instant deposit match. They allow mixed sport entries, so you can do bowl season along with college basketball. Use the award-winning app on both the App Store and Google Play Store. Entries can be made in 60 seconds or less. It's that easy. PrizePix is safe and offers fast withdrawals, so don't hesitate. Check out prizepix.com, use the promo code Locked On, or go to your App Store and download the app today. PrizePix is daily fantasy made easy. Thank you, as always, for sticking around for segment two. Thank you for making Locked On Utes your first listen every single day. We are free and available on all platforms, and we are here to talk about the running Utes uh, dismantling Manhattan. Oh, those poor Jaspers. They just didn't see it coming. As the Utes jump up to 7-3, and 1-1 one and one in the Pac-12, with a 96-62 victory over the Jaspers, it was a thorough... I said dismantling, but it was also a, a depancing, if you want to put it that way. Well, I wouldn't say it that way because it's like it wasn't mean. I mean, it wasn't like Utah was out there to make you know really embarrass them. But uh, it wasn't a great game for Manhattan. Utah was a team that was upset, very disappointed after how they performed at TCU. Coach Smith kind of said that there was some tough love and some real uh, honest conversations we'll say during a film session after the tcu game it didn't seem like he was too thrilled with how they played and utah definitely took it to heart coach craig smith had the following to say in the post game said really good win for us three games in seven days and the busiest week of school for our guys it was a lot of prep and not a lot of time to get ready they're going to have a great season Talking about the Jaspers, wouldn't be surprised to see them in the tournament. Very proud of our guys. 26 assists is great. Thought we defended well with the exception of a few stretches. We got back to playing the way we needed to win. We took a lot of good shots. Can't remember too many bad shots. We got downhill and it's attacked. Pass it out. Got downhill some more. Happy for Lahat. Happy for Gabe. Happy for Booth, Brandon, and Batten. Time off to get healthy. Uh, the big kind of news, I guess, going into the game was the moving of David Jenkins Jr. to the bench. His response to that, nothing to it other than switching things up and maybe get a better look as a team and then giving him a different look to get him going. I thought it was a really strong move. I think at this point, if you're still worried about starting over being like a six-man type, um, that that's probably you as a player having that issue. I think that DJJ was all on board with it. And Utah actually was, I think, a lot better uh, in terms of how they played. Booth had 12 points. He was two for three from beyond the arc. Six rebounds, two assists, uh, three turnovers, so still not great there, and three personal fouls. I'm not going to worry about that so much. Uh, Marco Anthony, lots better. I think eight points, three rebounds, two assists. Riley Batten had a really good game, and that's the good Riley that we need to see more of. 14 points, 4 of 8 from the field, 1 for 3 from beyond the arc, but 5 for 5 on his free throws, 7 rebounds, 4 assists. And that's what you need to see a lot more of from Riley Batten. He's just got to work, and I think the rest of it will come. And he just he's that kid that just keep being tenacious, keep keep fighting, keep learning how to fight through things. Uh, Riley Wooster kind of going through a sw- stump slump right now only three points but had three rebounds four assists that little glue guy type role that where he's the motor i think is is really where he can be successful but the big stories i think lahat chun off the bench 16 points eight for eight from the free throw line seven rebounds uh and then obviously brandon carlson again just being who he is brandon's a beast uh you know 
13 points, 6 of 8 from the field. Had a really great alley-oop, uh, 4 rebounds, 4 assists, 2 blocks. Uh, at a plus minus of plus 25, he's just he's he does so much for this team. And if he can get some help from some guys, I think that'll really help him. David Jenkins Jr. Uh, at six minutes had uh, six or excuse me, had six points, um, two rebounds, uh, two turnovers in 15 minutes of play. So kind of getting back into it. Lazar, not a great game for him either. Only six points, but had four rebounds, three assists as well. I think that's the big story is that they got the ball moving finally. And obviously Gabe Madsen, as, as Coach Smith mentioned, had eight points, was two or three from beyond the arc, had three rebounds and three assists. If they can get that going, this team has a shot. And I'm not saying they have a shot to win the Pac-12 championship. I think that's just ludicrous. Arizona's on a tear right now. UCLA's obviously going to get into form at some point in time. Uh, there is talent at Oregon, even if they're kind of scuffling. You have to watch out for Colorado. Early season is always rough in the Pac-12. I don't know why we always think this is some sort of breaking news that teams struggle early on in the Pac-12 because typically they're playing I, I mean, a school like Arizona State where the, in, almost the entire roster turned over. Yeah, of course they're going to struggle. Um so I think all that kind of stuff, you know, for whatever reason, we just, we look at it like, like it's some new thing. Like, oh, my, well, I guess it looks like the Pac-12 is not good again, blah, blah, blah. And, and they're going to be good. But I think this was a team finally from Utah that was much improved. It was the kind of game that you needed to see from them, especially against an opponent that maybe doesn't match up as well against Utah as they might other teams and or as other teams in the Pac-12 might. But if you look at the statistics, it was the kind of game that you needed to see from this team. Almost 60% from from the field, uh, 56 from behind the arc. They've not shot that well all season long. Uh, 90% from the free throw line, 89%. I'm going to round up, though. Uh, 10 turnovers, that's something to kind of look at maybe a little bit. But they rebounded well. Obviously, the Jaspers are not a long team. Uh, they do have some some decent size, just not the kind of size that Utah has. Uh, 18 second chance points, 46 points off the bench, 42 points in the paint, 12 fast break points, uh, four steals, and 26 assists. That's really good for the Utes. Uh, I just think that this was a good get-right game. Like Coach said, let them get healthy a little bit. Single hot tune, take a step forward, is massive for this team. If he can be a playable rotation guy in the Pac-12, that gives Utah a chance. If Gabe Madsen can be a playable rotation guy in the Pac-12, that gives Utah a chance. If David Jenkins Jr. can get off the the, the slump, that gives Utah a chance. I think Booth Gotch is, is always going to be a work in progress, but he's starting to make progress as well. And and you're just you're minus about two or three guys right now. I think it, with this roster to really compete in the Pac-12, you know, when uh, Dushan comes back, that gives them another body. I think it gives them a presence. It gives them some anger in the paint. I don't know that he's the guy that suddenly makes the rotation that much better. Uh, but you know, it's just. Playable depth is always a good thing. I think it's you know, Gabe Madsen is a guy that you have to see more from. Uh, Lazar is a guy that you have to start seeing more from in order for this team to be competitive in the Pac-12. Otherwise, it's going to turn on them quickly. Now, the good news is that you've got a coach in Craig Smith that has been there before. He obviously brings a lot of positivity to the table. He is an energetic guy, and he's not going to give up on this season. He knows exactly what he's going through and what he needs to do to keep pushing these kids in 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 you know, in battle, so to speak. Uh, so he's going to keep going. It Now, it, it just depends on how good the leadership is, is on this team. And I still 
kind of wonder where the leadership is at. You're, you're in good shape because you've got Marco and Raleigh that know Coach Smith. Uh, I think Brandon Carlson is doing a great job of playing hard and leading by example. Uh, a lot of it will come down to some of the other guys, uh, young guys stepping up and, and starting to be leadership guys as well. And, you know, you just kind of hope that maybe somebody breaks through at some point and you get a little bit of extra juice from somebody that you maybe weren't expecting. And, and then all of a sudden you're looking like a team that can be maybe in the middle of the pack of the Pac-12 or even uh, bottom five, bottom six team uh, in the top half. Want to remind you to make sure to check out the Ultimate College Football Preview of 2021. Local experts, betting advice, and draft analysis. The most comprehensive college football playoff preview uh, begins this Friday. There's also another thing that we need to talk about is the big game is around the quarter. No, I'm not talking about the college football championship. I am talking about the Super Bowl, Super Bowl 56 at SoFi is less than 100 days away. And on location, the official hospitality partner of the NFL is the only place to score a once-in-a-lifetime Super Bowl ticket and experience package to the big game. Select your exact seats and choose from elite experiences featuring an exclusive pregame celebration with college stars turned NFL legend Troy Aikman, Marcus Allen, uh, Tim Brown, Akbar, Jubala, Jamilo, and more, uh, plus accommodations at five-star LA hotels and food by the great Wolfgang Puck. Visit on locationexp.com slash SB56 for more information or search Super Bowl on location. That's on locationexp.com slash SB56 or search Super Bowl on location. Usually when we hit the midway point on the Locked On Youth podcast, we like to take a breath, relax a little bit, and refuel. The only way to do that here on the Locked On Podcast Network is with a built Bar. If you haven't tried one by now, I don't know what you're waiting on. Maybe a personal invitation from me. Maybe we need to go sit on a bench somewhere, try one together, talk it out, explain to you why it's so good to eat a built Bar. Not just the flavors. There's nine of them. Nine different flavors, all sorts of varieties, anything from coconut almond to mint brownie to cherry barcia. There's also new flavors all the time. There's the puff bars that I so enjoy, like eating a chocolate-coated marshmallow. But the real thing is with a Built Bar, you're getting nutritious whey protein in that. Under 140 calories for most bars, up to 17 grams of protein, 5 grams of sugar or less, real chocolate in every bite. There are so many different flavors that come out all the time. Currently, vanilla cream on the website. Uh, there's a couple different puffs varieties on there. You can go to built.com every single week, and they have new flavors all the time. Protein balls, uh, fruity cereal, the secret flavor. Um, kind of tastes a little bit like a Fruit Loop. So go to built.com, use the promo code LOCK15. You'll get 15% off your purchase on anything on the site. Again, that's LOCKED15 to get 15% off your order. Use that promo code at built.com. It's the best promo code on the internet, bar none. And go get yourself some of the best tasting protein bars on the planet at built.com. Thank you, as always, for hanging out with us here on the Locked On Utes podcast. On a Monday, there's no football to talk about, no on-the-field football to talk about, but there's going to be a lot happening this week with recruiting, with off-the-field, um, All-American teams being named. We saw that Devin Lloyd and, and Britton Covey were selected to a pair of those. So stay tuned, as always, all week long. We're going to have the best updates for you 
for sure. Uh, try and get some guests on that actually know what they're talking about with recruiting. Yes, that likely means Steve Bartle. Maybe a Dan Sorensen appearance. Haven't had Dan on the podcast yet. Obviously, we'll continue to have Sammy and Cole on. Uh, maybe even a Jake Hatch appearance. We'll see how he's doing. Uh, Jake has been super busy. He's now producing two shows at the radio station and uh, giving him a little bit of a break there uh, as we turn into basketball season. Wanted to update you on a couple goings-ons in the athletic department. Utah women's basketball defeated Cal State Fullerton 100-45. to What I love about women's basketball, I mean, there's a lot of things that I love, but four quarters, Utah outscored Cal State Fullerton 28-13 and then 27-6 in the second quarter, added a 29-16 third quarter, and by that point it was over. Well, it was probably over in the first half anyways. Uh, Jenna Johnson, 23 points in 25 minutes. Uh, Brenna Maxwell had 17 as well in 24 minutes. Isabel Palmer, 16 points in 19 minutes. Made three three-pointers for the Utes. And Peyton McFarland had 15 in 15. That's pretty efficient stuff right there. Uh, next up will be Utah Valley. That game will be on the 18th for Utah women's basketball. Um that's a great way to get back on track. And this is a team that we're kind of trying to keep our eye on because we think there could be some good things happening. Uh, currently, they are 7-2. and two. Uh, And so we'll see how things go with the rest of their schedule as they go into conference play here in January. Uh, they do have games against Utah Valley and Oklahoma left, and then it'll start on December 31st at Oregon. That Oklahoma game is on the road December 21st, by the way. Also, Utah track and field team posts a strong start in the indoor season uh, at the BYU opener on Friday. As Utah won a few events and had some top three finishes and others, transfer Josephine Erickson had a great debut in the red and white. She won the 600-yard race with a time of one point or 120.4 in her first career collegiate indoor meet. Also, Bailey Kialamakia, uh, took second in the 60-meter hurdles with a time of 9.08. Lauren O'Banion, who ran in her first 300-meter sprint, took sixth overall after crossing the finish line at 40.39. That's so fast. Like, it takes me 40 seconds just to get up from my desk. In the 60-meter dash, Maya Labar broke her previous PR mark twice, the second of which ended up being the third-best time in program history. Um... And then Khalees Davis posted a mark of 7.8 in her first 60-meter dash before running a 7.85 in the finals for eighth overall. So some good performances from several uh, athletes out there. Uh, Delaney Gates got things going for these earlier on Thursday in the long jump. She managed to get one qualifying jump in and left a distance of 4.81 meters uh, before fouling out on her third attempt. So Utah will take a holiday break before returning to campus uh in the following year, preparing for the Snake River Open on Saturday, January 15th at Holt Arena to hit the indoor season full swing. Great start uh, for the track and field team and uh, exciting to see that that program between that and cross country, that, Utah is really starting to build something there. Uh, exciting to watch that. That's going to wrap things up for us here. Uh, we're going to keep you posted on everything that's going on at the athletic department. If you're looking for tickets, I should announce this. Uh, sorry to make everybody wait till the very end on this one. Uh, but tickets are still available. The plan is that the University of Utah is going to keep going back for more ticket allotments to where they can finally get to the general public on Friday. 
that was via David Woodbury, who spoke with Bill Riley at halftime of the Utah basketball game. He said that they do expect there to be tickets available. So if you are waiting right now, there is still a good chance that you'll get them from the athletic department. If you want to go through other sources, you could always do that as well. Secondary market is out there. I know that Ohio State's given an allotment back to Utah. I know the Rose Bowl has more allotments that they can give to Utah. So tickets will be available, and they're very confident that there are going to be a lot of Utah fans down there. So keep an eye on whatever, you know, Ute Zone, uh, Twitter, uh, listening to the podcast. We'll continue to update it as best we can. But it does sound like most people are going to be able to get tickets. Uh, the secondary market's always out there, but I wouldn't I wouldn't invest in the secondary market at this point because uh, it does feel like there are going to be tickets available no matter what. So that's it for today's episode of the Locked on Utes podcast. Thank you, as always, for joining us. You can follow us at Locked on Utes on Twitter. You can follow me at BrownBearSLC. You can email the show, LockedOnUtes at gmail.com. You can comment. You can like. You can uh, follow us. You can rate us on Apple Podcasts. One of these days, we'll, uh, we'll actually read some of those ratings. In the meantime, I'm going to wrap this up. Thank you, as always, for listening. Uh, shout out to my guy, Scott Bagley. Good to see you the other day. Appreciate you coming up and saying hi. Uh, hope to see you all in Pasadena. The Locked On Youth Podcast will be there, if only in uh, the form of myself. Uh, I, I believe Sammy Moore will be there as well. But uh, this has been the Locked On Youth Podcast for Monday, December 13th, 2021. And we'll talk to you again tomorrow. Tomorrow.